to Alphabet Flight Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with guests. We talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse Cooper, and with me today is Chris. Hey, how you doing? I am doing fine. Uh, so, today we're going to be talking about another doctor. And we're going to be talking about Dr. Michael Morbius. Do you know anything about Dr. Michael Morbius? All right. So I used to really be into the Spider-Man cartoon when I was growing up. And about the time I stopped watching it was when whatever station I was watching it on just kept repeating the Morbius episodes. Just the Morbius episodes? I remember watching a lot of the uh, the Man Spider for uh, some reason, I episodes. don't know what it was, and maybe it was just that you know I would skip watching for a little bit and come back, but felt like for the longest time, whenever I went to watch it, they were showing the Morbius episodes. Well, I mean, you forgot about the whole season that was nothing but Morbius. Like they they should have just renamed it the Amazing Morbius, but uh. Yeah, he's he's interesting. Um, he's he's also was formerly known as the Living Vampire. Ooh. So, um, so his real name is uh, Doctor Michael Morbius. Exactly what I said before. So, um, he didn't really change too much. Whatever he uh became, the Living Vampire. There, uh, he. It's a biochemist, and he's from a unknown European country. So they didn't even really give him like a, you know, like he's like Belgian or something. Meh, what are you gonna do? I don't remember what his accent was. Do you remember what his accent was? It, I mean, I seem to remember it being like roughly what you would think of as kind of light Transylvanian. See, that would be, like, stereotypical, though. I feel like he'd have to come from, like, Luxembourg or something. Yeah, I mean, that part doesn't really stick out to me as much. Well, I mean, I, I, mean, I guess the part that sticks out is him being a uh, person who turned himself into a vampire. But, you know, through scientific means instead of mystical means. But we'll get into that fairly soon. Uh, and he first showed up in Amazing Spider-Man 101. A monster called Morbius in October 1971. So he was the, uh, yeah, he was the the heavy hitter that came out right after Amazing Spider-Man hit its, you know, hundredth issue, which is, which I feel is a pretty good, uh, I, I personally feel is like pretty good uh, arc happened after that. It's whenever he was uh, turning into the man spider. Which was where he got extra arms when he was trying to deal with his mutation and stuff. So, um, <clears throat> so he was a Nobel Prize winning biochemist who discovered he was dying from a rare disease that was dissolving his blood cells. He kept this illness a secret from even his fiance, uh, Martine Bancroft. Uh, he told his friend Emil Nikos, and together they worked to find a cure. 
he attempted uh, he attempted unsuccessfully to slow the progress of his disease with fluids containing distilled substances from bodies of vampire from the bodies of vampire bats. Why do vampire bats have something like special about them that's like regenerative? Um, I mean, not that I have ever been able to learn about. Like, I can think of a million other characters, I mean, uh, animals that you would probably want to, you know, inject inside you that have regenerative abilities. Lizards? But you've already got the lizard. Well, you already got the lizard. So, and, like, you pretty much have that story. Free pass there. Free so pass fine. there. Like, starfish? Yeah, that would be cool, because then he could break it off and have jellyfish. two Morbiuses. Yeah, jellyfish. Also, um, just about any bacteria, really. If you can, like, just distill what bacteria are, you can maybe, you know, have your cells split quicker or something. I don't know. Like, there's so many other characters. There's so many other things I would eject before vampire bats. Because, like, the only thing with vampire bats is they sometimes drink animal blood. They still eat, like, fruit and stuff. Like, it's not like you rip off a vampire's bat wings and then they, like, get another one. I don't know. Maybe they just really want an excuse to make a vampire. I mean, I know why. But still, I feel like we could have had, like, uh, Dr. Michael Morbius, the living starfish. That would have been so cool. Yeah, he could have been an arm fall off boy. Well, arm fall off boy turning into two arm fall off boys. Because that's how starfish he could, work. He he could have ripped off one of his arms and beat someone with it until it became another one of him. He could have been a really weird version of multiple man. Oh, the missed possibilities. <sighs> Whatever. I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes I think about, like, sometimes I think, like, there's a nexus point for this character. We could have been talking about something completely different. So he believed, so shortly after he believed he would succumb to the disease, he rented a small yacht that him and Nikos could conduct their final attempts to discover a cure uh, undisturbed, accompanied by his unsuspecting fiance. I'm getting that, like, his fiance, like, I'm getting the, I'm two days away from retirement vibes from his fiance, from how they're setting it up. Yeah, this is not going to end well. I like, because I, I know what happens already. But, so you know, you know he was the living vampire. And then there's just a yacht. Where he's about to die and doing mad science on himself. And he just brought his his fiance with, like I feel like she's two days from retirement right now. But so uh, he uh, he had Nico subject him to an electroshock therapy to stimulate more creation of blood in his, blood cells in his system, and somehow it acted as a catalyst for the chemicals from bats that were in his bloodstream. Which wreaked a radical uh, change in Morbius's body. He was transformed into uh, into a being resembling, uh, in many aspects, respects to a supernatural vampire. He had superhuman strength, va- uh, uh, fangs, animal, and an animalistic lust for blood. 
to replace his dissolving blood cells. Uh, driven by his vampiric needs, without um, without the control and without the ability to control himself, he attacked Nikos, and he killed him by strangulation. And he was about to drain his blood when the shock of seeing his dead friends, uh, his friend dead by his hands, caused his bloodlust to subside. And then he uh, became like horrified with, you know, what he's done. And uh, then, though, like it didn't last long because then he was just like, oh, oh, look, there's there's a woman there. I'm going to uh, drain her of her blood and then uh, throw her into the sea. And he also tried to commit suicide after that as well. But uh, then it but then his body kind of prevented him from killing himself. So. Yeah, so that was a that was a good start, I guess, to to his career. Um, he would uh, basically attack people for their blood over the next few years, and uh, and whenever his blo- need for blood was satisfied, his personality would fully return, and then he'd be like racked with guilt. Um, he kept on like trying to find a cure for himself, but each time it failed. Um. So he then uh, vowed to never attack anyone again. And that's whenever, uh, that's, then that's when he first started to battle Spider-Man several times. And in many exotic locales, such as uh, a planet, a planet (laughs) uh, orbiting Arcturus and the dimension of the cat people. Okay. Which may have something to do with Tigra. He bit Spider-Man and began uh, draining his radioactive blood when he was hit with a bolt of lightning. <laughs> so. Oh, that's not random at all. <laughs> that what? <laughs> he just finally like won against Spider-Man. It's like mm, mm, this blood tastes radioactive. <laughs> it gets just hit with lightning. Oh man! Uh, Spider-Man's unusual radioactive blood, or both. Um, wait. So either because of his uh, Spider-Man's blood or the lightning. Or both. He lost his pseudo-vampiric powers and began to regain his human form. But he maintained his fangs. Um, He no longer required the blood of others to survive. And uh, and he's been cured of his regenerative uh, blood disease. But he still suffered the compulsion to attack others and drain them of their blood. Um, It wasn't like psychological, but physical. By nature, so he was basically addicted to other people's blood. Oh yeah, that's not going to be a problem at that, all. No, it's 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 something that's manageable. You know, you just have to go to to BA. That's what I was thinking. So he started working in uh, neuro uh, radiology. Uh, he started working in neuro radiology at the University of. Well, at UCLA, and synthesized a serum that he that he believed that would cure him of his uh, compulsion for blood. 
Yeah, whenever uh, She-Hulk was suffering from a degenerative disease that uh, basically made her unable to control her transformations in the She-Hulk um, and was causing cellular breakdown that would eventually kill her, uh, Morbius uh, let Walter take the serum instead and it cured her of disease and also gave her complete control over her transformations. Um, in her... in in, grat- in uh, her gratitude, she acted as Morbius's attorney when he was put on trial for his murders during the time he was a pseudo-vampire. Uh, she proved that being a pseudo uh, that as a pseudo uh, pseudo-vampire that he was unable to control his compulsion to kill for blood, and the jury found Morbius guilty of only guilty of involuntary manslaughter. I guess it's better than full-on murder. I guess so. And so he went to prison and was paroled after a short time for good behavior. Then he moved to L.A. where he is a uh, scientific researcher. So, yeah. So he's a guy who uh, got shocked by lightning a couple times. Well, I mean once. He got shot by lightning once. Once is still plenty. Okay, what, so... I think I just need to read the comic to see why he was shocked by light. But I'm just imagining if on like a balcony, you know, it's just like, you know, it's just like, mm, yum, mm, spider blood, yum, 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 yum. Because that's how he, he drinks blood. He narrates and, you know, says nom and yum. Uh, and he's just like on a balcony and then like all of a sudden like a single cloud pops up above him. It shocks him. And not even like a big light bolt, lightning bolt, like just a tiny one. Like it's almost like a little chibi cloud. Yeah. It's just like it was like kew, kew. that was the thunder, by the way. It was it's like that it was that silent, basically. And uh then he just cured himself. Hey, why not? Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that it was the uh I'm gonna say that it was the spider blood that cured him. The lightning the lightning was just uh just a thing that happened. Like a coincidence on top of it. You gotta keep Spider-Man alive somehow. Wait, wouldn't Spider-Man with his blood being drained also be shocked by lightning? If he was holding? If he was holding him, maybe, but maybe he'd put him down. Maybe he's very polite and he brings a cup with him so that he's not drinking it right out of your neck, he's drinking it out of a cup. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking, actually. He has like a bespoke blood straw. What he does is he like kind of sticks it into a vein and just kind of slurps it like he's uh like it's a juice box. I can see that too. Yeah. And now I need to think of the uh, like how you would make a blood straw. I think I know how. It'd be it'd probably be like a metal straw, something that you can kind of with like kind of a sharp edge. And like you'd probably try to drink out of the jugular. No, most of the time. And you just kind of like, you know, poke it at a certain angle. Just so drinking out, drinking out your main vein here. So he is uh, 5'10", weighs 170, has blue eyes and black hair. Um, so as, so as the pseudo vampire, he had chalk white skin and had fang-like canine teeth, which you can pierce the neck of a victim and draw his or her blood. Now he just has, uh, now he's just pale. Instead of being chalk white. Um, 
when he was a vampire, he could lift about one fi- oh, well, f- 1,500 pounds when he was a vampire. Now he's just a dude who doesn't exercise a lot, so I don't know. He could probably lift a 50-pound bag of, like, of dog food pretty well. He doesn't have any powers at this moment, but when he was a vampire, um, a pseudo-vampire, I should say, he uh, needed to ingest fresh blood. Basically, what would happen is his bite would uh, deposit a certain insight in the bloodstream, and what it would do is it would uh, catalyze a transformation uh, in the victims themselves uh, to turn into like a pseudo vampire as well. So he can also like pseudo vampire it up. Okay. With other people. Uh, he was also able to glide on strong currents with like uh, wing like protrusions from his costume. Uh, I'm not going to give that to him. I feel like that was just added in. I feel like just being super strong and able to drink people's blood and turn them into vampires would be enough, but, you know, he's able to just fly for some reason. Um, he was... He didn't have any of the uh, vulnerabilities of a vampire. So, no silver, garlic, you know, crosses... No being destroyed by the sun. Yeah. Uh he does have the he does but he does possess the ability to rapidly re uh regenerate any uh damaged tissue. So that's useful then. Yeah. Uh he would he had an aversion to sunlight, but like it wouldn't cause him to decompose or anything. Um so he would kind of just sleep during the day. And he also didn't have any, like, shape-changing abilities. Because, again, he's a pseudo-vampire. Uh, also, at the time, uh, since he wasn't a, like, actual vampire, he wasn't- he was unaffected whenever uh, Doctor Strange used a formula out of the Dark Hole to destroy all Earth's vampires. There was a, there was a point where he was one of the only vampires in the Marvel Universe. That that changed. That's still. cool, though. Yeah. So I bet Doctor Strange was a little annoyed. I was just like, really? I thought I got rid of all of you. So I was like, ah, I'm not a vampire. I'm like, I'm like the lizard, but with a vampire bat. Blah. That's uh, Doctor Morbius. You have any any ideas? Any other things you want to talk about? Um, I mean, I'll definitely yeah. want to go check him out some more. I think it's been long enough since my childhood where I can get past seeing those episodes over and over. Yeah, he is. He kind of shows up with like the uh, Legion of Monsters sometimes. Um, I do know that in one of the various uh, Marvel Zombies comics, he was he was uh, one of the people who led the fight against the zombies. With a bunch of other monsters, okay, quote unquote monsters. So, and also like he kind of kind of shows up every once in a while whenever Spider Man needs help with like chemistry stuff. Just like he's just he's a, he's a guy who kind of oopsed his way into becoming a vampire, pseudo vampire. So you know he's not a bad dude. Yeah, technically, 
but at the same time, he's kind of like not great. What can you do? I don't know. But so uh, I would like to say also that this episode is episode two of forty nine. So we are coming up to a quarter of a thousand, a quarter of a thousand, like next uh, next week. So yeah, I hit a milestone that I decided to celebrate somehow. Don't know. So yeah, I'm done. I'm done talking about Morbius, and uh, so let's do your plugs. Um, just my show, Play Comics, where we look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material, be it Marvel and DC stuff to random like Japanese manga when I get that far, or just newspaper comics. I mean, if it's a comic, it counts, and we'll look at it eventually if it had a home console release over here. Was there a Heathcliff game? Not that I'm aware of. I'll look it up, because, I mean... You know you'd be fighting the garbage ape in that one. Uh, Heath Cliff game. I'm gonna look this up because I'd be surprised if there isn't one. Let's see. Like I know that there's Garfield. Um, there's Little Nemo, which a lot of people end up knowing because of the the movie that came out in the late '80s. But that was a comic strip back in newspapers in like the 19-teens and 1920s. Okay, so there is two Heathcliff games. Uh, one on the... Uh, one on the DS, where it's basically a spot the difference game. And then uh, there was one on the Wii, and it looks like it's a racing game. And they came out a month after each other. The rate, the Wii one came a month after the DS one. So, yeah, I wonder if you could. I wonder if you can race as the uh, as the garbage ape. Apparently, wow. you're saving your girlfriend from uh, from aliens in this racing game called the Fast and the Furious. Wow. <laughs> so. <laughs> So uh, I hope you guys have fun with that well, in a million years. <laughs> I can tell you this. As I scroll down the page to see where this thing was released. Um, like, it's literally just like we made minor alterations. Fi- find it. This is not very promising looking at all. Oh, apparently there's uh, 120 different comics for friend to, for fans to sort out, to sort out, find the differences on. So that's something. Oh man, I'm gonna have to figure that one out because yeah. I already just arbitrarily decided that I'm not looking at stuff if it didn't come out in America, so that I don't have to do all of the like random. Japanese, the European. I mean, the European one isn't that stuff. Usually, isn't that bad. It's you know a nice obscure comic that we won't know, but that's fine. But like in NES days, you got a lot of like Dragon Ball themed board games 
and oh. random things like that that I just don't want to mess with. So I decided I'm not going to do it. Oh, I guess it's your I guess it's your uh, your podcast. Yeah, so. it's like here's Mario Party, except it's Dragon Ball characters. You know, why don't, yeah. I don't need to look at that. Well, you know, Plus, I can't to. read Japanese. Oh, that's also something. And like, I decided but. I'm not going to do computer only things because there are tons of stuff that's listed as games, but they're like coloring pages and stuff. Ah, uh, you mean you're not going to do the uh, <laughs> a coloring book for a uh, obscure comic that someone put out as a cash grab? No, unfortunately, okay. Heathcliff Frantic Photo looks like it was released in the U.S. Yeah, I think it was. To, it, I've got the GameFAQs page open right in front of me. It definitely was. Yeah, I'm gonna so. have to figure out a way to do it. <laughs> I'm. You're gonna have fun just spotting some differences. In years and years and years, when I finally get that far. <laughs> yep, and then you're gonna do a kart racing game about saving someone from aliens. Uh, at least that has the potential to be fun. Ooh, I don't know. From what I look at, from what I'm seeing, I, looks like it's going to be oh, just real mediocre. It's got to be better than... I can't even think of anything right now. Uh, the Three Stooges game that also came out on the DS? Oh, that game doesn't exist in Bossing Say. This looks like a real mediocre, real mediocre racing game, but whatever. It's okay. the horrible so, games yeah. rabbit hole. Yeah, it is. So, uh, yeah, I don't feel like doing my plugs. So listen to the other two episodes I've done this week, uh, if you want those. And um, thank you for listening. This has been Alphabet Flight. And may uh, Madcap show you how truly meaningless life is. Bye. Bye.